0: 800 949 8707. 800 949 8707.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fascinating. For over 30 years and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. What the hell's going on out here? Heard live. Around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez. Girls, bienvenidos.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, listening live here in the United States, of course, and abroad. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. And yes, the man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez, the often imitated but. Never duplicated, undisputed heavyweight champion on the radio waves, folks. Having defended that time a for better than 34 turns of the calendar. And straight up today, we got lots of stuff to talk about. Of course, boxing, Saturday night, both showtime. Wow, 40 to 1 fight, Mikey Garcia. Come on, those 12 rounds with a guy who's favored 20 to 1 to beat? Not Something not good in the world of Mikey Garcia. Better drop to 135, 140 is just too big for him. Straight up, but the guy that stole the show Saturday night was WBO 126-pound, Featherweight champion, Oscar Valdez, of course, unbeaten now, 24-0. Wow, what a sensation. Took on Scott Quigg. Quigg sort of cheated by not making the weight. Came in a little bit heavy. It was a uh, fight down the stretch, but straight up, I got to tell you, Oscar Valdez looks like a star for the future, and he will be heard from later in Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hour number two, we're going to switch gears and talk about the world of MMA via the life of Bruce Lee. That's right, the great Bruce Lee. You know him from the Green Hornet and all the movies, but hey, Bruce Lee was a San Francisco native. He was, you know, big in the Bay Area. Lots of things to talk about in the world of Bruce Lee. So Bruce Lee, in hour number two. Boxing, an hour number one. Open phone lines all around this planet. And they're toll free. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or the guilt-free no commitment text line. Text me. 415-275-1613. That's 415 415-275- 275 One six one three. Next up on Sports Violent SB Nation Radio Network, we're bringing the Godfather Larry Merchant on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
3: It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? If you're one of the millions of Americans who can't work because of a serious injury or illness, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. It doesn't matter if you've applied before and the government has said no. Let the experienced attorneys at Bill Gordon & Associates help you get the Social Security disability you deserve. Their team of attorneys have been fighting for benefits for people just like you for over 20 years. And best of all, they are no fee until you receive your benefits. There are many conditions that make you eligible, including some you may not even be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Bill Gordon & Associates today for your free no-obligation consultation. See if you qualify for the Social Security benefits you need and deserve. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. That's 800-443-4996.
1: Now more ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. Woo, it's gonna be good. Mr.
2: Melencamp bringing us back from the break. It is twelve minutes past the hour. We bring in the retired Godfather himself, Larry Merchant. Of Larry, very good morning to you, sir.
5: Uh, good morning, Pedro. It's it's a good morning uh, down here in Southern California because it's raining.
2: Well, and and, and all of us in California need our rain. People think the drought is like history. No, we need water.
5: You got it. Every time uh, we get some good rain, I think of my grandsons and say, "Okay, they'll be okay in California and us." Exactly. I, years.
2: I, I can't remember think of the country right now, but there's actually a country or a city somewhere in the world that's that's actually run out of water. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, that's the subject.
5: Cape Cape, it, it's Cape Town in South Africa, the most beautiful city, and so beautiful that its population has doubled over the last, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. It's in the millions. And they, they've got uh, some problems with water, and if they don't get some rain... Next month or two, um, they could have a real crisis, and uh, who knows? People will fight you over water.
2: You know, you bring up South Africa. I remember going to Cape Town one time, <clears throat> working with Jerry Cocea, the former WBA heavyweight title, first, right. before the, uh, the apartheid turn. And then, Larry, I did a broadcast for him, a couple of broadcasts for him here in the United States TV broadcast when he was uh, flashing stuff back to Europe one was with the Osmond brothers. Actually, he got together with the Donny Osmond and the entire Osmond family, and they put together a promotion where they were going to do boxing from all places. The porn capital of the United States—can't remember what the the city is down there in, in, in Woodland or Wood Lake, something like down there in, in California. But they were all gung ho on this, and then the Osmonds pulled the plug the day before the second show. No, no, no reason why.
5: Oh, uh, I, I could. Probably guess it's the reason why it had something to do with money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but the awesomes, were they were fun to work
2: around and and, and for that one for those two gigs, Larry. You know, some you don't ever have to chase guys for paychecks. Well, when you're an independent guy and you're doing TV yep. and broadcasting, and saying you got to chase guy for chase guys for yeah, checks.
5: You know, you know, get the check, get the check before you show up and cash it. <laughs> Way
2: one promoter and I'm not going to not going to mention him but anyway. He paid up. He owed me twenty five hundred bucks, and we had done some advertising like four or five years ago. And I guess he thought he'd never see me again. So I saw him on the cruise ship going to Cuba. Okay, about three or four months ago, and I said, Hey, remember me? And he's oh, doing the Jackie Gleason thing. Blah 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 blah. So he wrote a check for two thousand dollars, which I thought was cool.
5: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> like uh, when you when you lose something. Uh, and you believe, usually rightly, that it will show up. It's somewhere around. <laughs>
2: well, he, I, I don't think he wanted to deal with deal that. With, I was a little uh, little uh, perplexed. I was a little upset. Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about last night. Of course, Oscar Valdez. We'll hear from him in a little bit. The Bill 126-pound champion. An exciting little guy.
5: Well, so is uh, uh, Quigg, the guy he fought. Um um Valdez end? it was a you know, terrific back and forth, action packed, fan friendly fight. Uh Craig, uh you know, he actually broke Valdez's jaw in the fifth round. Uh they didn't they weren't taking his mouthpiece out between rounds because of it. Uh so the, you know, both guys uh showed up uh and and, and fought as though their lives depended on it, and in a in an atmosphere where it was chilly and rainy, and uh nobody felt cheated out there who had bought their tickets early,
2: no doubt about that, but i do how can I put this? My only beef with uh, with Quigg is that he didn't make weight, and when he weighed 143 pounds in a fight that was sanctioned at 126. And, Larry, I got to tell you, now, I haven't fought at junior welterweight and welterweight before. I told you those, those few pounds are, are crucial. They're critical. They can get you killed. They can get you hurt. I just thought that Quigg was a stronger guy because of the fact he was bigger.
5: Um, can't question that. Um, you know how fighters, when they're young, they're able to take off the weight. They're they're hungry. They'll do anything to 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 uh, be successful. Uh, but as they mature, it's harder and harder, and they they fight less often. I I don't know Quigg's uh, particular problem and whether he's had it before, but he's uh, certainly a big featherweight. But that said, he took a lot of a lot of hard punches. He fought hard. Uh, I'm going to give him his props. Um, uh, it was a hell of a good show so um whether he moves up in weight or not i don't know um but um you want to see both guys fight again um, uh and it was one of two uh really good uh, junior welterweight no i excuse me i'm thinking of uh, the I'll other two it. fights this weekend three right. fights three good fights this weekend which were Junior welterweight fights with Mikey Garcia uh, in, in one of them.
2: Larry, let's, free, um, let's freeze that thought on the Garcia before we go to Junior welterweight. Let's hear sure. from the victorious Oscar Valdez last night.
6: Oscar, first things first. How is your mouth right now? What happened? Scott's a, uh, a tremendous fighter. Look what he did to my teeth.
0: <laughs> so it looks like you just had some teeth banged out.
6: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, much respect to Scott. Um, it was a war. I uh, take my hat off to, to Scott Quick.
0: You started strong, especially to the body. Then the middle rounds, it seemed like it started to switch to his favor. But then you turned things around. What changed?
6: Uh, he come in with some good shots. I mean, he's a, like I say, he's a tough, he's a tough fighter. And uh, this is boxing. I get hit, he gets hit. And the good thing we got the result. He weighed seven pounds more tonight, two and a half pounds more at the weigh-in. How big of a problem was his weight for you tonight? Uh, I wouldn't say much, you know. He came me with some good shots. I think if it would have made weight, the result would have been the same.
0: So what's next for you
6: now after this unbelievable performance? Um, whoever, man. I'm ready for whoever. Any champion out there, I would love to take the fight. Um, I'm here to fight whoever. I'm the champion.
0: There's been some great fights here at the StubHub, some epic encounters. What will this fight mean to you and your legacy going forward?
6: Um, I would love to keep on fighting here in California. I want all the fans an apology for, because it rained. Um, I think think every fan that came over here, True fan for coming here on the rain. Yeah. I appreciate that. Much love. Thank you so much. Congratulations on your victory. Oscar
2: Valdez Jr., everybody. The kid is articulate. He can fight. He was willing to accept the fact that he got muffed up a little bit as far as his face was concerned. And, you know, Larry, I, I think that guys like Oscar Valdez, who we get these articulate young men out there, especially Mexican-American, be able to swing both ways as far as Spanish and English uh, are concerned. is
5: concerned. Didn't he fight for Mexico in the Olympics twice? Twice, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Hey, one of the interesting and encouraging things about the boxing scene at the moment is there are a bunch of good featherweights out there. But we've got the heavyweights going on, the middleweights going on, the welterweights going on. Um, We're in a really a, a, a kind of revival that's going on right now.
2: No doubt about it. You know, when you talk about great featherweights, it harkens me back to September 1981, the battle of the little giants at the little uh, sports pavilion at Caesar's Palace. Salvador Sanchez, once beaten, of course, the late Salvador Sanchez, and Wilfredo Gomez, who was undefeated at the time, thirty-three and zero, thirty-three knockouts. Larry, were you there? You were there for that
5: event, weren't you? Um, I don't. Sanchez I remember this fight. Yeah. I think I watched it on television. Um, my recollection is that Sanchez was a featherweight and Gomez um, Coming up. was moving up in weight. Yeah, and and Sanchez was just uh, uh, a little too big and too too good f- for Gomez, but it was a much anticipated uh, matchup.
2: Here's a scoop nobody really knew. I was watching that morning. Gomez weighed in 130 pounds for the 126 pound limit. They took off his underwear. He was still like 129 and three quarters. And uh, he never actually made the weight for that, so it was the Jose Suleiman sort of signed off on that one. But he never came down to one twenty six.
5: Well, they, in, you know, just as in the fight last night, they negotiated a uh, a, a new contract so that Valdez uh, um, received the bonus for the fight. In effect, okay. Just
2: nine days after Luis Neri failed to make the stipulated weight class, of course, Scott Quigg. Uh, committed the same thing last night, but the Japanese weren't moving around. They indefinitely suspended this Luis Neri for like weighing one twenty three for a hundred and eighteen pound fight. Japanese don't mess around. It's a ritual over. This is real stuff.
5: Well, you know those they rule uh, a lot of those smaller weight divisions, and that's the the core of the uh, uh, the Japanese boxing scene, which is quite quite uh, impressive. So um, they've got rules and um, they don't bend them.
2: No doubt about it. And they have boxing almost weekly at Kurokon Hall there in Tokyo. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. The Godfather Larry Merchant's with us, Mr. Hall of Fame himself, folks. One 878 Play that's one 800 You know I've got a couple of texts for the Godfather on the text line, but you can have one as well. Insert your opinion. One, uh, Take that back. 415-275-1613. The text line, 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The main ingredient, Cuba Gooding Sr. taking us to the break.
7: Well, before you do anything rash,
1: dig this. Everybody. There's no place I'd rather be than with you.
8: Now we're feeling what not having hope feels like, you know.
1: I lying. Everybody
8: plays a fool.
2: something else to watch two men at the highest level battle and one may be favored over the other but you never know
5: what's going to
1: happen and and that's what that's why boxing is the way it is now more ring talk with pedro fernandez <laughs> i'm gonna like you i'm gonna hang you but i'm gonna
3: like you.
2: that was one of my ring discoveries folks i'm talking about that's right andre ward 10 years old 11 years old i spotted him in oakland california i said to myself Man, this kid's just like a level above everybody else. Wasn't beaten, of course, lost that one controversial fight as an amateur. Went on to win the Olympic gold medal. And when they came to me, Godfather, when the media came to me before the 2004 Olympics and I predicted he would win the gold medal, they were calling me a shill, believe it or not, on the radio. it wasn't. I didn't feel too good about that. But afterwards, of course, Andre Ward proved me right. Undefeated as a pro, 2004 Olympic gold medals. More power to Andre. Uh,
5: yes, he's had a very... Uh a brilliant career. Um, never made the big, big, big bucks, but um, he fought the best. He beat the best. He made some good money, and um, he's retired uh, now for about a second time, I think. Uh, and let's see if he stays retired.
2: It, 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 I think it's for good, Larry. The body's broken down. He's got a. He's got the uh, the Achilles tendon of a cadaver in his leg. I mean, he's got a lot of. He's like the $6 million man I'll put back together. So they put him back together too many times, and he realized the body's breaking down. I mean, he's getting up there, 2004 Olympia. Now, that's, that's a while ago. That's 13 years, 14 years ago.
5: Um, true that, and he's got a gig with HBO. And, um, and that's nice. Hey, he,
2: go, go on. Good luck to him. Yeah, you know what? And, and I will say that he's got the HBO gig to fall back on. Of course, uh, the family. How can I put this? The American Dream personified. Larry, he's married his childhood sweetheart, his teenage sweetheart. They're still together nowadays. They got like 19 kids, um, and they live over in Marin County. But what I'm trying to say is, they were the American Dream. They stayed together. He, he, I remember when he was pushing cars around parking lots, pushing station wagons around parking lots, trying to get strong when he was like, you know. Not like 13, 14, 15 years old. I mean, they did all these little Virgil Hunter and him, did all these little different things to try to prepare him for the Olympics with the Olympic gold medal that he eventually won. So he set a goal, and he achieved it. More power to Andre, man.
5: The American dream.
2: The American dream, no doubt about that. Now, Mikey Garcia, you were going to bring up the junior welterweight. Let's talk about the first junior welterweight contest that took place. This guy Regis Procris, the WBC title, right now 21-0. and 18 wax out of the USA, living in Houston, Louisiana, New Orleans. Uh, took out Julius Ndongo with a TKO the other night of Ndongo, coming in at 22-1, and 1, leaving obviously 22-2. and 2. How good is he, Larry? I mean, he, he's, a, he's, a United, he's a Southpaw. How good is he?
5: Well, <laughs> off of that fight, he's damn good. Um, four knockdowns, um, showed a lot of poise. Uh, frankly, I didn't know much about him. But, uh, I gotta see the next time he fights and he's now a presence in the, the Junior Welterweight Division and, um, uh, God and the uh, promoters willing, maybe we'll see him against Mikey Garcia someday. Garcia did say after his fight, uh, last night that, uh, he wanted to unify, uh, the Junior Welterweight Division, uh, and so on. So, hey, who is that guy? You know him?
2: Yeah, but Mikey Garcia fought a twenty-to-one guy last night. Some books had a thirty-to-one across the pond. He was a thirty. He was a thirty-to-one favorite. He went twelve rounds. You know, Larry, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't all that impressed.
5: Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, what, the odd, you know, whatever the odds are, the, the odds are, uh, are are created uh, to attract uh, money, and every and every odds maker knows that. Um, everybody is going to bet on uh, Garcia. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they're going to, at those odds, they're going to get some money on the underdog. And, but whatever the case, I thought Levinitz, um, who was uh, maybe just uh, an opponent, uh, was a pretty tough tough guy and and gave Garcia some anxious moments um and And I thought it was a very good win for for Garcia uh, whatever uh Lippenitz record, whatever the odds were, he came to fight, he had some uh, quick hands, he was strong um, he could be a player in, in, in against uh, others in the division um, i I thought Garcia had to be uh at his best to win the fight the way he did, and he was at his best.
2: Mikey Garcia, but I
5: also thought that um, he didn't look as strong, obviously, who is, uh, against a really strong uh, opponent in his division, uh, having moved up from featherweight over the years. Interesting.
2: We're talking boxing with the guys, Father Larry Merch. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Sunday edition, two hours beginning at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, live on Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Sports Larry, the the heavyweight picture, of course, is becoming clearer. Dante, Dante Wilder winner last week. Although Wilder is is appropriate to have a name like that, seeing the way he throws left hooks and things like that. So I thought he was a bit uncoordinated. And he's you know he lacks it as far as form is concerned. And I'm big into form. I don't know. I guess results are really what's matter. Well,
5: style matters. Yeah. And 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 form matters. But being able to punch and having ring uh, presence uh, matters too, and also in this in that fight, uh, showing that uh, he could uh, weather a storm, and uh, Ortiz did bring a storm to him. So the um, style doesn't matter as uh, much as some of those things.
2: Okay, um, all the rap on Ortiz was that he was older than he than he said he was. I, you know, the Cuban fighters. I told you, I've had my my uh, run-ins with Cuban fighters, they've been sort of, um, how can I put this, fictitious when it comes to their age and things like that. Do you, think sure. he was,
5: do you think he was a lot older than 38? He might have been, but I thought he came in in the best shape I'd seen him. Um, and he came to fight, and he damn near won the fight. Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it, he was a strong opponent, but it looked by far the best opponent that Wilder has fought. And I think it uh, it helps to set up uh, the the Joshua um, uh, sensation that that fight would be.
2: Well, of course he's got to get past Joseph Parker, who's twenty four and zero with eighteen out of New Zealand, a WBO title holder. Of course, he stands six foot four, so he's not a midget either. And I, I saw him standing next to Joshua. It'll be six foot four against six foot six, so these guys are relatively the same size. You know, Joshua doesn't fight too many guys. As big as him. Outside of Klitschko, I take that back.
5: Um, I've never actually seen Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh he's not, apparently not a big puncher, but a good boxer. Um and um it 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 should be um a, a hard night's work for Joshua but a but a night that he should prevail. Um and um hey if Wilder took on Ortiz and Joshua is taking on Parker, he's a pretty good opponent. Um there's a certain momentum in the air f- for the eventual big 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 heavyweight fight. And um Dan Raphael in his report last night said that uh uh, Joshua's promoter is now talking about making that fight uh, sooner than later, uh, assuming Joshua beats Parker.
2: Interesting. Of course, the heavyweight division rocking and rolling some great heavyweights. And uh, Tyson Fury, the former heavyweight champion, undefeated, the giant gypsy, six foot seven, 300 pounds, 350 pounds, one-point time. Coming down in weight, Larry, can he, if he was to get himself together, could he be considered a serious contender again?
5: Well, certainly in Britain. Uh, um, I don't know what his condition is. They've stripped him of the titles. Uh, I think before he can um, have a big fight, we've got to see that he can uh, get into reasonable shape uh, so that uh, we don't have a fraudulent uh, fight on our hands. So, you know, it'll all sort itself out, but he's got to prove himself. And he's got to lay off that. reprove himself.
2: He's got to lay off that cocaine. He admitted being addicted to cocaine and clinically depressed. That's not a good thing for a fighter, you know?
5: Um, Not a good thing for anybody. You you know, there are only the exceptional fighters like Ward who get to the top and determine that they want to stay there. Everybody's going to try to knock them off the top of the mountain. And sometimes they lose focus. Uh, the distractions become bigger than than the attraction of the fight game itself. And they get knocked off. Yep. But um, And that's what happened to Fury.
2: Good point. Godfather, I would... Godfather,
5: I'm running up on a hard break here. Say
2: hello to the Godmama for me, and we'll talk soon. I thank you so much for your time this Sunday, sir.
5: Have a good weekend, Pedro. The great
2: Larry Merchant, folks. You know, I get goosebumps when I get him on the show. He is the Godfather. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
9: Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Go to mtbfish.com slash fishtalkradio now. Select your target species, select your subscription link, get your Mystery Tackle Box delivered, and catch more fish. It's that easy. They offer seven different species and monthly to 12-month subscriptions, plus gift subscriptions that are perfect for any angler. Not only will you discover new lures and save up to 40% off retail prices, but Mystery Tackle Box also produces amazing content on their blog, social media, and YouTube channel to help make you a better, more well-rounded angler. And we've partnered with them to get you all a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription visit mtbfish.com slash talk radio to learn more and subscribe that's mtbfish.com slash talk radio
4: being a new parent means every high and low you can imagine
9: It's tourney time. That means Cinderella's and freshman stars, buzzer beaters and backdoor covers, conference pride and mid-major upsets. These are the best sports days on the calendar. If you're like me, you don't want to miss a single second and the Sports Flip app is here to help. With Sports Flip available for your iOS device, you can pick the games you want to follow and receive notifications whenever they return from commercial break. Now you can confidently flip between games, knowing you'll be informed when your favorite teams come back on. Download the Sports Flip app for free on the App Store today and watch It's time. It's time to see who's the best. It's time to see who's the heavyweight, who's the baddest man on the planet. I know I am. Are you guys ready for this test? Are you guys ready for this American boy right here to bring back the heavyweight division like he's done it? To have one champion, one face, one name. He go by the name of Deontay Wilder. I declare war, baby. What's your response to that?
1: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro
2: Fernandez. The WBO heavyweight title, undefeated Joseph Parker, of course, out of uh, New Zealand, says, hey, there, won- there will not be a Wilder Joshua fight, so forget all that kind of good stuff. Of course, 6'4", foot 6'6", six six, two formidable foes in the ring, March 31st, live on Showtime, of course. From Cardiff, Wales, two undefeated fighters. Man, something's got to go. Somebody's owes got to go. Wilder, of course, waiting in the wings for the winner of the fight. Now, as Larry Merchant said, just said that they are looking to push that fight sooner rather than later because of the fact that you know they held off on the Riddick Bo Lennox Lewis fight, and you know, that fight really never happened because of the fact they kept they kept putting it off, and things kept happening. That big super fight just never happened. A couple of Mike Tyson fights didn't happen at a, at a point in time when they should have. So the bottom line is. Timing is everything in boxing. Wilder and Joshua, that's the fight everybody wants. But the guy standing in the middle, the current WBO title holder, uh, Joseph Parker, has got something to say about that. There will be no fight. And, of course, Joshua saying that he's the king of pies, trying to say he's a fat guy and this and that. Well, hey, he said, I'm not the king of pies. I'm going to take my uh, <coughs> shirt off of the way, and you will see what's happening. Bottom line is, it ain't your shirt at the way, and it's what you bring to the fight, Joseph Parker. If you can bring some, some offense to a fight with Anthony Joshua, <coughs> Joshua has been knocked down by Vladimir Klitschko, so he's susceptible. We'll see what happens when this pair clash. March 31st, live on Showtime. 5 p.m. in the East Coast, 2 p.m. on the West Coast. That's right. Saturday, let me say it again, March 31st, circle that day on your calendar, Showtime Championship Boxing, 2 p.m. Western Time, and 5 p.m. on the East Coast. I kid you not, it's going to be early, of course, coming to you from Cardiff, Wales, in front of, God knows, 90,000, 90, 93,000 people. Speaking of uh heavyweights. There are other heavyweights happening, of course, decent heavyweights, and that's what's the fueling the heavyweight, uh fueling the boxing comeback, I think, is that people pay attention to the heavyweights. They just do. I mean, you know, when Mike Tyson was heavyweight champion of the world, let's be honest. He was the most talked about athlete all the time. Whether it was the tabloids or him fighting, I mean, Mike was always in the headlines. Muhammad Ali to a certain extent, of course, later on in life he became the greatest of all time as far as his uh his benevolent duty and the fact that he was able to <clears throat> spread so much love around the world. I mean, people just don't realize, having been around Ali, how much love he really spreads. Uh, spreads. When he walks into a room, he sort of got <clears throat> love just sort of bounces off him. Everybody in the room feels like they've been touched. I, can't, I don't know how to get into that, and that's probably a subject for another day, but the great Muhammad Ali, I think about him often. Of course, he's passed now, and straight up, the greatest, not only as a boxer per se, but as a human being. You know, I have, as I said, having been around the world with him, he's just an amazing athlete, but more than that, he's an amazing human being. Speaking of amazing boxers right now, who are the best boxers in the world right now? Straight up, of course, you got people like Vasyl Lomachenko, a loser of one fight, 10 and 1, not fighting at 130, says he wants to take on the WB 135 pound champion, Fernando Beltran. Terrence Crawford, Current WBO 140 pound title holder giving up that title, moving up to 147, taking on Jeff Horn in the blink of an eye. I think that's going to go down in early April, of course, in Las Vegas as well. As well, of course, uh, the pride of Omaha, Nebraska. I tried to get him to to, to go over to him. Um, he was, you know, 31 and 0, 30 and 0, something like that. a couple of years ago. I tried to get him to go over to the Philippines to fight Manny Pacquiao. I said, listen, man, this would be like the thrill of Manila. You could like. You know, that, that that this could be it. And You get to beat up on an older guy that looks like a bus driver nowadays. The only thing I'll have going for him is a crowd, nothing else. And Crawford came back and said, man, I only want to fight in the United States. Well, if you only want to fight in the United States, that ain't happening, okay, um, as far as you spreading that world greatness is concerned. I think that world champions deserve. I think more, when you're a world champion, it doesn't mean you fight in L.A. If you're from L.A., it means you fight around the world. Of course, Ali took his act on the road when he couldn't sell tickets here at home, and the reason why he couldn't sell tickets per se was that promoters didn't want to uh, get involved in Muhammad Ali after he became cash after he became Muhammad Ali after the Cassius play transition from Christian to Muslim, and of course he made that public and brought in Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, and his manager became Herbert Muhammad, who I still have a, a bone to pick with even though he's been long gone, but Herbert Muhammad was the, the manager of Muhammad Ali, and you know, in, in my beef with the Muslims, am I going off subject here, my beef with the Muslims was that they took a dollar for every dollar that Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali made. In other words, it was like the the Colonel Tom Parker split with with, uh, Elvis Presley. For every buck Elvis made, the colonel got a buck. Incredibly pimpish contract, but that's just the way it went down. That's the way it went down with the Muslims. So when I asked Ali about this, we're on a bus somewhere going around China, in this little bus around China. I said, man, you know— What's up with the? I, mean, I just want to stress. What's up with the Muslims? Why do you give so much money to the Muslim religion? Why do you? He goes, man. He goes, without being a Muslim, he goes, I'd be nothing. I'd be some ex fighter, kid Cassius Clay or something like that. I'd be some ex fighter, some ex pug. That's all I'd be. He goes, must being a Muslim, uh, exposing the the Muslim. Uh, philosophies of the world, living a Muslim life, of course, as Muhammad Ali has separated me from other people. I am a different human being because I am a Muslim, not because I'm a boxer. And of course, I took that to heart. He was the greatest, no doubt about that. The greatest right now, pound for pound. Who is the greatest pound for pound fighter in the world right now? Hmm, Who is it? Saul Alvarez, Janadi Golovkin, Anthony Joshua. Who knows? I mean, there really is no pound for pound guy right now. And I really think that for a uh, for extended period of time, when Floyd Mayweather was the so called pound for pound king, I thought that was a uh, <clears throat> a bit of a stretch. And why do I say that? Because you know Floyd Floyd was gonna. Um, if, listen, listen. Since the uh, since the beginning of the microphone, of Floyd Mayweather, okay, he's been talking about knocking people out, and knocking people dead, and doing this and doing that. And for the most part, most a lot of boxing fans bought into that BS, and that's just what it was: BS bull spit with an H. Okay, you know that, okay. And yet, you kept buying fight after fight after fight after fight, and I kept scratching my head and saying to myself, "Am I missing something here? I mean, here I'm. I'm, I'm a purist. I'm a boxing historian of sense of sorts. A, a former boxer myself. I mean, you, what, what am I missing here? What am I missing in Floyd Mayweather? And when I talk to people in public who are Mayweather fans, they really can't describe anything. Oh man, he's never been beat. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, outside of that, well, he's never been beat. <clears throat> outside of him, never been beat, that doesn't make him the greatest fighter of all time. Of course, that last fight he had, what is he now, 50-0, taking on Conor McGregor, a guy that never had a fight in his life, as far as a boxer was concerned. Of course, they fought under boxing rules. He's an MMA guy. I mean, think about this. You're going to paint your house, right? So you, you bring you invite a painter and a plumber to paint your house. You've got half the house being painted by the painter, half the house being painted by the plumber, which house is going to which half of the house is going to come out better? Obviously, the half painted by the painter, thus Floyd Mayweather had no contest against Conor McGregor. They made all kinds of money. it was the con- I used to say that you know Floyd Mayweather was like the biggest con since Robert Redford and Paul Newman in that nineteen seventy two movie I think the sting, but man I got to go back even a. Further than that, I can't think of a better con, a bigger con, perpetrated on the American public, and they bought into it. I mean, this Conor McGregor thing, they bought into it, thinking that McGregor was going to win. There were, I mean, didn't Larry Merchant say the guy at the uh, the fruit market, the flea market on on Saturday morning in Santa Monica, bet him twenty bucks worth the bananas or something like that that McGregor would win? I mean, people actually thought that Conor. They were, they bought into this thing. Holy cow! I couldn't believe it, and the odds oddsmakers. They went right along with it, and guess what? The suckers, the suckers, went along with them. What am I? Te- what am I trying to say? If Buster Douglas was a thirty-seven to one underdog to Mike Tyson in the meltdown of February nineteen ninety in Tokyo, Japan, the Tokyo Dome, of course, getting stopped in the eleventh round. If that was the the a uh, thirty-seven to one fight, Floyd Mayweather over a novice, over a guy that hadn't even had like won the Golden Gloves. Yeah, come on, man. That should have been like a ninety to one fight, a hundred to one fight. And guess what? The odds makers left it around five, six to one. So the suckers, okay, and you know who you were, would bet on, would would bet on would bet on McGregor. And I mean, come on. That was almost like stealing money. Five to one, six to one's betting money on Floyd Mayweather over a guy that never boxed before? I mean, come on, folks, where's it at? It's pound for pound right now. There is no great fighter. Of course, Wilder, we heard a little clip from him earlier. Forty and know, but it takes forty fights before he steps in against a guy like Luis Ortiz, of course now twenty eight and one, a week ago beating Ortiz. Um but you know, it took him thirty nine fights before he stepped up and tested himself. Good lord, thirty nine fights. That's a long time. Two thousand eight Olympic bronze medals. I know he didn't have that much of an amateur background, but you know, two thousand eight Ten years it takes you ten years before you step up and fight your first real guy, and when you fight him, and when you and you perform against him, I mean, technically, you're so inferior that you would have problems winning the Golden Gloves here if you weren't a heavyweight. I mean, if this guy was a 140 pound fighter, if he was a junior welter, if Deontay Wilder was a junior welter, he would get gangster slapped. Okay, if he had to make weight and come down, I don't care if he was tall, elongated, six foot one, one thirty nine, whatever you want to call him. With the skills that he has, he would get lit up like a White House Christmas tree. I'm telling you, he fails boxing 101. When I was running kids out of the Mission Boxing Club, the undefeated, of course, Robert Conway, the U.S. champion, the U.S. Uh, Northern California, what was he, silver gloves champion back in the days? Anyway, when I was running the Mission Boxing Club, I had kids, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, wouldn't let the kids 10 years old have contact. They didn't want to have, have any Sparring until they were 13 or 14. I was against that. I was against that. But they wanted to spar. Anyway, those kids were technically better than Deontay Wilder. I kid you not. They were technically better than Deontay Wilder. Wilder said, 40-0, 32 years old. Mm, got a lot of question marks around him. But stones, his stones and his testinal fortitude, I guess you can't discount that because you know he's willing to step in. I mean, he stepped in and it was going back and forth with uh <laughs> with, with Luis Ortiz. But he did have that one break in the fight. This was a great break before the sixth or seventh. I think it was before the seventh round. The referee called a timeout before the round started and had the doctor look at Deontay Wilder. This gave him an extra 10 to 15 seconds, of course, and he was in serious, serious trouble. A serious trouble. In fact, nobody's talking about this, but, you know, fights are won and lost by milliseconds, and it's a timing. In other words, if you've got a guy that's, like, not recovered, you jump on him. But if a guy said a chance, a little chance to recover, you know, I'll tell you a story about a street fight. The late Dana Holly sucker punched me on Hillside Boulevard in, uh, in South San Francisco. I guess about 25, maybe about 35, 40 years ago. We were kids. Anyway, he sucker punched me. and Boom! I mean, I saw all kinds of stars and this kind of stuff. So I ran away from him. I did. I ran away. I ran down the street and he's going, you big sissy. No, no, no. I didn't run away because I was a sissy. I ran away to clear my head took me about a minute and a half to clear my head. I went back and took care of him. In fact, I should have been arrested for domestic violence. I beat up on Dana so bad that day. But my girlfriend, Maria Ramirez, pulled me off. And what am I trying to tell you is that a few seconds was the difference between me getting drilled by this guy, me getting away and getting those few seconds to clear my head, uh, the difference between me, me, me getting drilled on the street or, or or coming back and beating him. Just those few seconds. So I give uh, Deontay Wild, what can I say? Got to put an asterisk next to that win with a little assist from the referee there. A little home cooking in Brooklyn, New York. Of course, the Barkley Center was the site of that fight. Now, the rest of the heavyweights, I'm looking about, I don't know, this guy Daryl White, he's supposed to be the guy that's something people are talking about, 22-1, and one, of course, out of the UK. But am I really excited about him? I don't know. Saw a couple of films of them on twenty three and one. Take it on Lucas Brown. Lucas Brown is like twenty five and oh steroids.
7: Steroids. Steroids.
2: That's all I can say about Lucas Brown is I think he's been popped for steroids and you know, when you take listen, when you're a heavyweight and you feel you need to take performance anti drugs, you're really a you're really one of those things that Donald Trump grabs when he wants to. You know what I'm talking about the P word? That's what you are. Because if you're you're a heavyweight and if you're a fighter and you lack confidence in yourself. If you don't have the intestinal fortitude to, to put 100% in the gym and go out there and, and train every day and get to your emotional and physical peak, then guess what? You don't belong in a game. You're a sissy. You're short. You're not a full dozen You're not a full dozen a, uh, of eggs. You're just not. And this guy born in 1979, now 39 years old, 38 years old, calls him Big Daddy, Lucas Brown. I don't know. I mean, who's he beating? I'm looking at his uh, beating. Russell uh Chagurov. of course, that was, I think, for the, WBA title back in the day but he was suspended afterwards so we'll see what's happening as far as his heavyweight future is concerned but stayed up Lucas Brown and Dillian White can hook it up no doubt about it the 24th of March in Greenwich uh, the O2 Arena that's right the O2 Arena you are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide little Tower of Power going to the break this is Bump City baby down to the nightclub 1972 Tower you're tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide
9: I wanted to do the
2: right thing
1: City. Sitting by the dance floor, checking it out, watching the man with the fast feet. Got the hippest straight and the bad boogaloo. The big old bag of tricks down to the nightclub. Uh-huh. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Low jobs don't count.
2: According to Bill Clinton, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Coming up in the MMA Hour, we uh, look into the world of Bruce Lee, the great Bruce Lee, of course, the the iconic MMA figure, the man with Enter the Dragon. But I discovered him way, way, way back with, of course, the Green Hornet when he played Kato. Of course, that was the Green Hornet's sidekick. But guess what? Everywhere else in the world, the Green Hornet show was called the Kato Show. Except in the United States because they didn't want to put a an Asian guy at the, in a lead role back in 1965. I kid you not. They didn't want to put him in a lead role. So they called it the Green Hornet and not the Kato Show here in the United States. But Bruce Lee In-Depth. And hour number two, we'll bring in Malcolm Batwell, Mr. MMA himself. Of course, open phone lines for hour number two. You want to talk mixed martial arts? You can. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 759 Set us up on the text line, 415-275-1613. The text line, once again, 415-275-1613. Well, props to Oscar Valdez. Of course, the WB126-pound champion, a winner last night with a broken jaw. Sort of broken suffered a broken jaw like in the fourth or fifth round, and he fought on for seven rounds with a broken jaw. More props to him. That really takes a lot of guts, no doubt about that. Speaking of the WBO, the World Boxing Organization, we are going to Managua, Nicaragua, for the 31st Annual Convention Congress. That's going to go down no, October 29th and November 2nd. Of course, the land of Alexis Arguello, paid returning to Alexis Arguello's hometown for the first time since 1999, when, of course, he was... Involved in crack cocaine, he was in a world of trouble, the late Alexis Arroyo. So I'm going back to Managua, October 29th through November 2nd. Check out the WBO website for further details, wboboxing.com. That's wboboxing.com. Upcoming, hour number two, we'll be talking more combat sports here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, SB Nation. One hour to go, Ring Talk Live Worldwide.